Hey guys, this is Stacking Pennies, Martinsville edition, talking grandfather clocks. Kyle Larson takes home his first one. Me and Rowdy got the banging doors this week. We're going to break it down a little bit of how that happened. Two guys frustrated, not having the best day. Uh, we'll break that down. Also, Pit Road Boats and Woes had a couple wheel issues. And also, Ryan Truex joins us right here in studio to talk about he's racing for his life right now. He's got three races left at Gibbs, trying to make his name in the sport, in addition to his brother, Martin Truex Jr. So stick around. Buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. <laughs> Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. I'm Corey Joy. I drive the uh, 7 Chevy Camaro on a Sunday afternoon. Joined to my right, in front of me, Mr. Chuck Bush. Good afternoon. Yes, it is a very great afternoon. Got a great show on tap. Ryan Flores. How's Get off going, Instagram, man? bro. We're doing a show. I was looking at that new merch that you just dropped. New stacking hey, pennies. Hey, look at this. Look at right down the camera. Stacking them deep and selling them cheap. Got some shirts. You even got cutoffs on there. Tank tops, right bro. In, right Sun, in time for. Sun's out, guns out. Whew. Not cutoff shorts. Cutoff up top. You can wear cutoff shorts with a cutoff tee. Yeah. Unless you wear it, Merriman, then you're cut off completely. <laughs> they don't make any shirts big enough for you. Thank you. Appreciate that. So How's it going today? Love. Uh, up until three minutes ago, great. <laughs> now I feel bad about what's myself. This, what's this show started? <laughs> well, interesting week for sure. Chase is back, everybody. And ratings came back as well. Is that surprising? As my kid would say, Chase is on the case. He's a big Paw Patrol guy. Oh. I don't know. He he, he did good. We finished top ten. He run top. He didn't, wasn't very fast all day. He ran around I mean, in the top hey, 20. I, I figured I, he actually ran better than I anticipated him running. He's champion. I he do. gets around Martin. He's got well. a really strong team, though. For and sure. It's a Hendrick car. The 20, they would have 28 clocks now. Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's physically, he looked pretty physically burnt out. Merriman said at the end of the race. Yeah, he was, he was talking to Blaney and Bubba. He had his legs stretched out there on the ground, but you know. Dude, it was hot. It, I mean, it looked There's like it was hot. There's a lot of guys flopped out. A dude's couple been guys in there getting the bags. He's been sitting I was on the couch not for one. six weeks. So yeah, I mean, you definitely lose that that, uh, that now threshold to, of what you can. Now he gets to ride a Talladega for five hundred miles. Yeah, it's me. Ride around, play dude. a little chess at two hundred miles an hour. It was crazy how it was like raining right when like yeah it was I raining we were, like national anthem. I thought you were gonna get sprinkle tires I again. We were getting hashtag sprinkle tires too. I was excited about it, and then it was but little, then it just stopped. Sun yeah. come out, tink. Yeah, let's go racing, just like the good Lord intended. What do you think about sprinkle tires on Friday night? But I was they, asleep before they even <laughs> rifled them off. I, well, I, wrote, I put in my group checks. I'm like, yeah. sprinkle tires! Exclamation point! Crickets, nothing. But it looks good. like there's some potential. It was good. Yeah, yeah. it looks like there's some potential. Yeah, you know, I was for frustrated tires. that they didn't. It started raining again, and I was frustrated that they couldn't just like come in and put the sprinkle, sprinkle tires back on it and go running. Because I'm like, man. We tote these cars around with windshield wipers and mud flaps on them, and we have the tires there, and now we're not using them. But, like, when I really thought about it, I don't want to be too much of a homer, but, like, NASCAR's damned if they do, damned if they don't there. Because if they if they, they don't run it, everybody's like, you, you have us ready to do it, we're not doing it. And then if they do run it, everybody wrecks. We wrecked. So stupid. So it, it did its purpose, and it got the race in. But now we can, I feel like as a sport, start having a conversation like, okay, where do we go from here? It works. What do we do? Well, it's intended to help drive the track, not yeah. race in the rain. Without putting those on, if they made the call not to put them on, would you have made it to halfway on Friday night? I don't know. Probably not. So, I mean, like, it, to Merriman's point, like, it did the job that it needed to do to get us to where we could have a official race. Yeah. Shout out, Corey Hunt, for winning that one. Shout out, John Hunter Nemechek. Scotty Zip. Scotty Zip wins with everybody, dude. He does, man. Stud. Brett Moffitt. Nemechek was just trying to keep the track dry at the end of that race. What a burnout. <laughs> there was several Dude. several great burnouts this week with John Hunter just burning his entire car down to the ground. <laughs> Had a fire suppression system sponsor. Yeah. Oh, and then, really? Uh, yeah. And then also uh, Kyle Larson's burnout after the race. Was, was it good? Literally backwards the entire track burned him down the entire time. Really? It started Full out of two, backwards, down the front straightaway, three and four, all the way down the back straightaway. Wow. So that that was pretty impressive burnout. So, he so, gets per, he gets a lot of practice at it. Are you sitting there like at the track going, damn, 
That's a nice burnout. No, he goes by. I'm like, I wonder if he can keep it going. I looked up in the bishery, and I'm like, damn, he kept it going. <laughs> That's why he's pretty good, How man. He gets a lot of practice at it. You you drove the bus there Saturday. And Loaded all the kiddos up. How was that? How was wife, your endeavor? Uh, needed a little gas, so I stopped the Love Truck Stop. The first I, only time I saw the keys is the thing's a key fob, like push start. Rich. Kelly had it. Kelly had it. <laughs> she hit the unlock button to let us in the bus, and that was it. Like, I didn't see the keys anymore, but I didn't think nothing of it. Hit the start button, roll on up the road, right? We get pull in the Love's truck stop, and I was about to shut it off. And I was like, let me just make sure I got the keys so I can turn it back on. Can't find the keys. Looking at Kelly's jacket, this and that. We look for 20 minutes. Kelly and I are bickering back at each other. You lost them. You had them last. No, you had them last. How to yes. start if you know. The whole thing, you know. And I sit down. I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here on the chair. Where are the damn keys? Like, where could they have went? If I didn't touch them, where could they be? I reach behind my butt. Sure enough, they're in the like the crease of the seat. So fast forward. So Kelly, she brings the boys out to pit road, national anthem, the whole thing. We're getting in the car, we're getting ready to go. She takes the kids back. Apparently, Sparks' dad, he drives Sparks' bus, was messing with our, our screen door and the actual door weren't, like, combined, right? So he flips the latch of what he thought connected the screen oh, door no. to the outside door, which was the actual lock of the handle of the bus door. So he shuts the door. Kelly, with Levi pissed off because he hasn't had a nap, the baby crying, goes, the door's locked to the bus. They call the Fleetwood guy, the dang Freightliner guy, every guy that has ever touched a motorhome, every bus driver in the garage is around this thing trying to, like, get it jimmied. Couldn't get it. Finally, they found a window that wasn't locked in it, shimmied it up, and there's, like, you know, the, the win- motorhome windows are, like, small, right? Brittany Logano saves oh, the day, yes. comes in, up on a ladder, shimmies her way in. Into the bus, unlocks it. That was like an hour and a half ordeal. So if you lose your keys, call the Loganos. They got, they got you, got you dialed in. So all that being said, great time. Go to Martinsville. Roll out third to qualify. So there was that. That was really the only excitement of my weekend. Uh, Ryan Priest, Priest Lightning, yeah, laid down a heater. of your weekend? No, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Had some excitement with Rowdy. Ryan Priest laid down a couple heaters. He was doing it. He was doing it. Wins the first stage. I looked up. I'm like, dang, buddy. This might be your day. His his hot rod was fast. And you told him. I, t- I told him yesterday. If you would have listened to Stack and Pennies this week. You'd, you'd have known. You'd know that that's the trap of pit stall one there. You can What is the speed. trap? It's just so pit stall one there is what used to be pit stall two. They moved it back when we went away from 43 cars. So... When it was pit stall one, you could just launch right out on the track. You never had to worry about pit road speed. But now it's just far enough to where you can speed. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it's it's moved back whatever, 28 feet, whatever the length of pit box is. So he did the same thing. The only reason I knew that is because we learned a lesson the hard way in 2020 uh, with, with Brad Keselowski at Martinsville. He launched, and it was the same situation, trying to beat two cars out of, you know, off of pit road. He kind of got the launch and was worried about beating them and didn't look at his lights because yeah. didn't even think you could speed. And four miles an hour, you said. 4.8 miles an hour. Not like a little bit. It's not a it's not a radar. It's dis- time over distance, correct. correct? So if you launch and you're shortcutting the corner a little bit there. Correct. So he was bottom of three wide. So that means the distance was even shorter. Well, this is what you forget, too, if they don't tell you. You only have to race to the first line of it. There's a white line of pit road. Yes. And if you... That's where it takes the picture. Yep, and then you can check position. up for the yellow then line. Then you could check up. So that's a little bit of, I don't know, in, I don't inexperience. I understand that. Me neither, but that's what they do, man. Do they – is pit road a certain length to help with like, – Tell them, Chuck. Let's they, go. Is, Tell them, Chuck. They basically average your distance over the segments on pit road. So, like, they're – yes. No, no, pit, t- but, tell them in your oh, in the, driver crew chief reading voice it's been so long since i've done it why is why is one for the one for the camera and one for pit road speed why is there not just one line that ends pit road that i don't know because anybody but but it's 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 based off of the segment it's yellow line yeah i understand that but it's pit road speed starts at yellow line and ends at yellow line yep but the field is frozen at the white line 
the field is not frozen at the yellow line. That's a question for competition. Correct. I just, I just read the. Yeah, correct. That's correct. I just read the driver's. So like, it's a, I'm sure it's a safety thing of some Merriman, sort. you got anything for this? No, you don't have anything. For we're going to have an answer but, okay. for you guys next week. So here is we'll where, do the digging. Here is where the my bone to pick comes up. Let's hear it. Because wins the pole, wins the first stage. Clearly, Ryan Priest has one of the best cars. Yes. He, now he has to start tail end. How hard or easy should it be for him to pass everybody to get back to the lead? Should it be easy? It should It should not be easy, but I'm with you. But it should also not be easy for a guy that stayed out on 40 lap all the tires almost win the race. It's a different conversation. Okay. We're going to have that conversation next. But, yes, if you dump all that is why these races are hard to win because that's, you cannot make a mistake like that. That's what we need to talk about more about. Instead of talking about why we should have more passing, why don't we talk about how freaking hard it is to win a cup race? You have to execute everything and also sometimes get lucky. You're alluding to, to kind of what Danny's stance was after the race, his post-race conference. It's not even – it's just this this word passing and it's like it's just thrown around like NASCAR. Give him the, t- when you're give him the talking, Tony Stewart line. When you're talking about NASCAR, who are you talking about? You're talking about competition? You're talking about the guy up, upstairs? Like you're talking about Big Bill Frank? Who are you talking about? Like there's many facets of NASCAR. Just like passing. What is passing? I'll say this. Tony Stewart says, when you look up racing in the dictionary, passing ain't in there. If you want passing, go on 85 North and go pass some slower cars. You may get pulled over. Probably will. But, but yeah, so but you say that, right? And Blaney went from 31st to 14th on the first run without a caution. 80 laps. See, passing those guys. Yeah. Right? And the 22 went from last to dead last because he had an adjustment, right? Lap down. So, yeah, I mean, you – Chase went from about the 19th to 10th the last run of the day. Yeah, and unfortunately, like Martinsville, if you bury yourself, you're not going to get back up there. And it is a, it has to be a long day to get back to and, that. And it's and to you know to like to the guys like um, Danny Martin, guys that have had great cars, right? You name them. Put anybody on that list. Mm. Chase Elliott. Now. When you got mired back in that spot in 2015, in 2019, 2020, and your car was one of the best 15 cars out there, best it was easy. Probably, it yeah. was easy to just drive past everybody. Right. So way harder now, because we are way closer to what a true stock car racing is. Right. Like everybody's got the same car. Common parts. So that's why stacking the pennies of every little bit, like like Ryan Priest is a guy that can win cup races. He's got a ton of talent. But the team, they haven't been in that position. They almost pitted when pit road was closed because they it's that little stuff, right? They they sped on pit road there at the end. You watch guys that aren't in position to win these races a lot make these kind of mistakes at tracks like that where stuff happens fast. Like under, under caution there, you have to know exactly what's going on and when the pit road opens because if not, you're by it. Yeah. Or you missed the box or you pitted and it wasn't open yet. Like that's a very tricky place. So that's, th- there's a reason that guys like the guy in the five guys like the guy in the eight, they show up the 22, they show up and win these races constantly because of the strength of the team around them. And they put themselves in these positions all the time. So the, the, the points are being made and touched on frequently need more horsepower. Yeah. Th- th- you can go down that all you want to. There's a lot of levers, a lot of locks to that pull that lever down right but i think eventually it will get pulled with the next gen car have we i don't know if we talked about it too much this car's give or take 200 pounds heavier than the old car and we just put it three inches more rubber inch and a half per tire in the back of rubber patch on the ground so it does feel like it's got considerably less power because it's got more traction and it's heavier so the weight to horsepower ratio is less right so with all that being said, your mistakes aren't exaggerated as much as they were with the old car when you were now you can shift and you can recover and do some different things. But when the when the guy that qualifies on the pole is only three when every spot is separated by a hundredth. Oh dude, yeah. <clears throat> there's, you know, three and a half tenths from first to thirty first. Like I'm of the understanding that's what we're shooting for. Be, like yeah. because the guy that's been running 27th all day and Joey can flip the stage, get lucky with a caution, and still find his way to the front and maintain it. I don't know why we. I don't know what this word passing is supposed to look like. 
Is it supposed to look like two or three dominant teams can develop a better car and find their way to the front? I, I don't think that that's I don't think that's the direction we need to go. It needs to be exceptionally hard to win. I mean, it is exceptionally hard to win a cup race. We don't need to get away from that by opening it back up. Dude, Penske's a great race team, right? They When is the last time <clears throat> that they've gone to the racetrack and qualified 17th, 27th, and 31st? Yeah. Like, or, you know, they Ryan Blaney doesn't, in the old cars, if you have a bad qualifying lap, you're eh, 12th. You're tw- maybe 20th. Yeah. Maybe 20th at the worst. Not 31st. Yeah. I mean, 31st is damn near last, dude. Yeah. So that's, that's what this opens up. It, it opens up Pandora's box on is that like you have to be even better all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, then you even get down to the racetrack's one part, pit road's the next part. But it's strategy on top of the pit box. You know, you have to have all of that. And it showed all of that this weekend. There was an awesome pass and race for the lead. The five, the way the five car and the 22 race each other for the lead, you guys were watching it on TV. It looked awesome. It was awesome. I thought the race, I mean, I enjoyed the race flag to flag. I thought it was a good spring Martinsville race. The yeah, urgency yeah. was there. I love the 400 laps. It, the, the, yeah. the 100 laps taken off of it was perfect. I wish there was four 100 lap segments, though. I, I think, Really? I think green flag stops. I, I could make a case that I like the fact you have to execute a green flag stop. And, you know, I don't love the fact that NASCAR let it kind of cycled for some guys, not cycled for some guys. When they threw the yellow out for the tire, they admitted they missed that, but that's just yucky to me. But I wish that it was just straight up restarts, race it out, and no green flag stops trying. Because then also, the the underlying motive for everybody, and that's kind of what got my frustration with Kyle Busch when we started door smashing each other, you get in those positions where if you're needing a yellow and you're needing a pit, you're looking to wreck somebody. That's what you get because you can't afford to come down pit road and get stuck by a caution. So when Kyle Busch, I'm bleeding. I went from like 15th to 19th, 20th. My rear tires are blown off of it. Kyle's going backwards too, so he was frustrated. But he drove into my left rear three different times off the corner, boom, like looking to cut my tire down. Maybe he wasn't, but – when you after three times, like he consist- turned underneath you, yeah, and then he ca- kind of couldn't keep, couldn't keep driving, and kind of bounced Just off of you. Kept driving the left rear tire. I'm like, okay, buddy. Once, okay. Two, all right, dude. I'm sorry. Like three, okay, mother. Come off four the next time, and he drove drove in there again four times. It was like over the span of like six laps. Just driving there. Here's the thing. Don't like don't drive into my left rear and try to cut it down. That's yeah, so just you're what making it is. a point. I mean, he was driving into you, probably making a point like, "Hey, let me go." Right. And you're driving into him, like, "No, we're freaking racing. We're racing. Stop driving into me." Right. So that's what. Dude, then he moved you. When you were so like, it looked so helpless. Like you were so far up oh, over the concrete, and then you're like, "Oh, oh, oh well, like you're in the marbles." Oh, the marbles were were you know piled up there because they've been it's a 120 lap run. So I downshifted to first, gathered it up, big old. Uh, burnout down the front straightaway to try to get the the marbles off the tires, but yeah, it was it was going okay, and our our car was a little bit too soft and floppy, and we burned the tires off of it. And two things that I don't like, I don't, and I and I'm gonna ask you this, I don't like that there's not a ton of tire fall off. I wish there was five seconds of tire fall off or whatever. <sighs> five seconds. I mean, there was. A, I, I thought I wish there, there was I a decent w- amount. What was there like? Uh, I mean, the the plot Dude, yes. line man was like it was a. a ah, so 20- how does how does a twenty two almost win the race? Clean air at Martinsville. Yeah, it's a big difference. What if he wasn't shifting? What if we found out a way to not shift? I I like it. I like the shifting. Like I like that you can just reach up there and grab it. But it seems like you can miss the corner there's and no, grab a gear and drive away. There's no magic. There's no magic knob. It's not like one thing is going to do it. It's not like if you put two hundred horse, maybe maybe some horsepower would be the f- closest you can get to ideal with one turn of a knob. But getting rid of you know, 600, hor- 600 RPM difference isn't going to be the difference. So I think the easy argument for horsepower, let's just go there real quick because it's a hot topic. We have the same motors that we had when we had 900 horsepower, but we just choked them down, essentially put a restrictor plate on them. Sure. Right? Tapered spacer is essentially a restrictor plate. Yeah. But now the motors are built since they know that that's that what they're running. The teams, you just don't pull the restrictor, the 
the tapered spacer off and go run. Like the valve trains are built to that. Everything's very, very much specifically built to that. It is still a, I don't know, 358 cubic inch, right, push rod engine. But now, yeah, it's not like they took a 900 horsepower engine and just choked it down. It is its own block. Yeah. Cylinder heads, intake manifolds. It's completely designed for that amount of airflow and that amount of from your understanding why do we choke them down uh because that was o, that was oem thing so the oems wanted to be around 650 and they nascar thought that that was an easier pitch to go get a honda go get a volkswagen try to get dodge back because no outside oems would be interested in building a outdated style engine specifically for nascar to sell cars so in your opinion like you're your driver, you do this every week. I don't know. It's just going to be a little bit louder when it leaves the pit box for me. I don't know. In your opinion, would you like that have the full capability of what the engine oh, I mean, can produce? It, yeah, I, I I would love to have 900 back. Um, Is that the general consensus And like the, when you guys all talk, when the drivers get together? Yeah. Do you think that there's a but option then it, for that? But I, it's still a weight thing as well, right? Because uh, a super late model has 650 horsepower but it weighs 2800 pounds and you can burn the tires off as much as you yeah. want they're also running different tires though right a bias by tire yeah but it's, it's a combination of all of it right like the gen 56 car is 500 pounds lighter than what our cars are so there's a there could be a runway there could be a runway where we can then start incorporating some of like the i don't know the exotic metals and more expensive parts over a course of time lighter greenhouses, lighter floorboards, some other stuff like that to get two, 300 pounds out. They can almost be like adding horsepower. Well, but there's also they, things. They, so the dumb question is, it, well, why would you do all that when you can just take the tapered spacer off, right? Yeah. And then what problems do we run into when we take the tapered spacer off? Because it's the old term, you know, new levels, new devils. So you're going to run into problems. like yeah, reliability issues. Are they going too fast? Now we talk about dirty air now. When you're going 20 mile an hour faster, dirty air is going to be even more critical, right? So when we get to – go back to this. When you were running the ARCA car, right, mm-hmm. and you'd go to Iowa, you'd have max horsepower. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go to Charlotte, and you wouldn't. Yeah. So is that is that kind of what the argument is? Like, hey, we need full horsepower tracks under a mile. Richmond, Martinsville. Yeah, but then you get the teams fighting or the you get the engine builders – saying that they don't want to build two different engines they're making enough money ain't they they're making a decent amount of money for sure there's really man there's like there's a lot of levers to pull from but there is so many red there's so much red tape to cut through to start like the easiest thing for nascar to tune on is downforce yeah you know right they can keep taking blade off they can keep pulling strikes off there's not much downforce on these things anymore i mean the downforce levels are about half of what they were last year yeah but the Visually, as a race fan and as a driver, it's crumbs compared to what you would think it would be. You know, I think it's easy. And and it's like every Monday morning, everybody's trying to fix the sport. Well, we need this. Well, we need that. Well, we need this. Well, it's not that easy. The other end of that, the race was pretty good. Yeah. You needed to have a good car. You needed to have good strategy. You need to execute on pit road. And be perfect all day. What more do you want? Yeah. I mean, so like, so we say all this and have this conversation so you understand why we are where we're at with the motor. Not to say we need to get more motor, which it's an option, but it's not as easy as an option as you may think it is. And I'll say this and we can move on. NASCAR has been open to quote unquote anything. To a fault, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like we're listening to too many people. Oh, they are. Because it's good. The race in last year was good. The race in this year is good. Guess what? Not every race is going to be a barn burner. And this one was a great one. There was a pass for the lead with. 30 to go between two champions of the sport. Yeah. And you can only have one winner, which means there's going to be, you know, 35 pissed off other folks that didn't win the race that they felt that they should have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a stat, Chuck. Yeah. That's a great stat. That's what I'm here for. Stats. (laughs) No. Big stat guy. Go cut your hair, (laughs) Merriman. Oh, got him. I got him so good. Burn. Got him. Wicked burn. The the one thing that I think that we could be critical more on NASCAR about, and it's something that is near and dear to my heart because I bolt them on is, but. When Alfredo's tire was sitting there on the track, especially where it was, I was like, throw the caution. Like that, it scares me because I don't want it to get hit and end up, you know. Launch into oblivion. Somewhere that it shouldn't be. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I question 
this is what I will question NASCAR. I won't question them on the package. I won't question them on anything else, but I will question like cautions. They've been really inconsistent. It's been inconsistent, the, and that one, I that one, I really. They've been in, they were inconsistent at Bristol. What a tick tack solo spin brought out of yellow. Then Joey Logano absolutely annihilates the fence, and there's no yellow. No yellow. So they definitely need to clean that up. If there's a wheel on the racetrack, there should be a hey, let's let it cycle here and put it out. No, if there is a loose tire on the racetrack outside of a, a hot pit road or outside of the yellow to yellow, you got to put it out. Yeah. So. Um, let's clean that up. Even let's Suarez stop. was yelling on the radio. Him and Aaron Marola had some words after, but yeah, they were not yeah. happy. They were roughing each other up. I watched that. Were they? Yeah, it was. It was maybe second stage or something. Yeah, they were roughing each other up. I think Eric was trying to get in line and maybe chop the ninety nine. And you got to, you just got to be rough. Well, I mean, they, like they, you got to just smash in everything. They were going at it, and I think they lost a spot. It might have been to the. Three? Yeah, no, it was like the eleven or the twenty. Like they were yeah. both running into each other, and the one guy just went right by both yeah. of them. Like, okay, have fun with that. Yeah, Stewart Haas, though. Can we talk about that for a bit? They were back. Their stuff was dying. They were back, dialed. but dude, they fell apart, and every single car had an issue. Ten car didn't have an issue, did they? I mean, he they thought just, he had a wheel coming yeah. loose, but yeah, they were next to us on pit road, and they all jumped up on the wall. And I was like, ooh, they got a problem. Fourteen had an issue. the The lug nut fell off the four. The forty one sped, and then. The 10 was, you know. Got to be perfect. Dicking around with the 99. You know when we can cover that? In pit road boats and woes. Coming up right after this. Pit road boats and woes. A couple woes this weekend. A couple guys didn't get. What happened to the four? I didn't really see it. They didn't get the right front nut on. Um, <clears throat> it looked like. It looked like he hit it and stayed on it, just from watching from, like, the TV camera. But, like, when he got up, you could tell he didn't feel great about it. Like, I don't know if it ran up slow or cross-threaded or not. He's lucky it got back around. Was so it off completely? It was gone. Yeah, it was gone on the wheel. The camber helps you there. So the wheel kind of fell into the rotor, and then it cuts the inside of the wheel off, and it was flat. And he limped it back around. Um, obviously, the 78 had the same issue. I would just imagine they didn't get Was that it. a right rear? Well, right rear. Right rear tire. Yeah, I'd imagine that they didn't just they just didn't get it on. It's dude, it's like So are either one of those uh penalties? The seventy eight is. Seventy eight oh, is two he, weeks, it's on the track. Yeah. The four cars didn't come off, so it's no penalty at all. Okay. If it would have came off on pit road, it would have been two two laps, I guess. But yeah, it took them out of the race, you know. Where was he running? He was up front. Where was he at? You guys know where he was running? The four car? I mean he had a shot to win the race. He was top ten all day. Yeah, he, he definitely had a shot. But they did four there, which turned out to not be the winning strategy. Mm. But, yeah, and then the 41 speeding, we talked about that at length. Um, but they did a good job. They were a really young pit crew, and they held serve when they were, you know, when they were pitting in lead, which is always tough to do. It's it's a whole different animal than when you're pitting, you know, 15th, you're pitting Xfinity cars, than when you're leading a cup race. And the the mental toughness you have to have to do that, you know, you you only earn it by doing it. By doing it. So, well, who were the who were the five guys that did it this weekend? The five guys were the five guys. Wow, the five boys that uh, yeah, the five car wins the day again. They've been Hendrick has just been so strong this year. They're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. So front tire changer Blaine Anderson, dog. Rear tire changer Calvin Teague, yeah, dog. Been there a long time. R.J. Burnett, tire dog. carrier, dog. Brandon Johnson, Jackman, dog. And Brandon Harder, fueler, stud, fuel dog. Yeah, them guys have been, you know, they, they've been up and down, but the last couple of weeks, they showed up at Richmond, they showed up at Martinsville. They're, you know, a lot of the same core guys that won the championship at Phoenix for them. Something I've noticed, and this is, I'm going to dip into Penny for your thoughts, because uh, at Space Ace asked the question, I did notice this a couple of weeks ago at Richmond, JGR went away from their, I don't know, next-gen pit stops or whatever. Why yeah. did they do that? I think they had a little bit of uh, a shift in leadership in their pit department there. And just maybe, I think that pit stop is the fastest way to do it when everything's perfect. Like if you're at the pit, if you're in your pit box at practice and there's, you know, everything is right, it works out to be the fastest way to do it. But as everybody's gotten better, switched to left-handed, Jackman have gotten faster, everybody's understood the job a little better, the easier way with behind the wall support everybody everybody's got to be bought in right 
the way Gibbs does it, the guy pulling the hose is just as important as the guy changing the tire because there's just so many more moving parts. With that, with more moving parts, there's more, you know, chances to have a mistake. So I think they got to where they just started running some basic plays when their cars, their cars haven't been great this year. So, hey, instead of trying to set the world on fire, we're just going to do normal choreography. And they were fast that way. So they just decided to, to kind of go there. I think there might be a little bit of a change in just uh, goals, maybe. Like, try, instead of just trying to be the fastest, like, okay, let's do what we got to take to win. Let's do what we got to do to win Yeah, is what, it, is what it seems like. But, man, they're still super fast. I think, I think the thing – I saw this. The 54 laid down like a nine flat at Phoenix. I think Ty was having a rough race or – Something like they they weren't there might have been a lap down and they were just did did the old choreography and they did like a nine flat and I'm like I bet they don't go away from that after I saw what they did but but yeah I think that's kind of where where that is going I think there there was definitely some change some changes in personnel as far as who runs their pit department and I think that might be you know subsequently hmm. one of the one of the things that's going on there but still really good pit crews and everybody it's just like everybody's so fast now and so good. You're just like waiting to see who executes that day. Right. The five car has had weeks where they haven't been great, but luckily it's been when their car hasn't been great. The Martinsville and Richmond, when they've been up front, putting themselves in position, they have showed up. So it's uh, not kind of an off weekend for it this week. Not really. No, it's not. I mean, Talladega is not an off weekend, especially for us. Cause it's a, it's a place where Blaney's really strong. Penske's really strong, and if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times here. You need to be leading the leading the train, because you know lead, Atlanta, leading the OEM train, leading the OEM train. Atlanta, we got we got behind on a on a speeding penalty. Twenty two got in front of us. He was leading the train. He wins the race. He wins the race, right? You the, the Fords tend to be more married to each other, better part, you know, better teammates to each other, and it's but there's definitely and a race within the race there yeah. to try to get to the, be the f- best Ford off the pit road the last time. Yeah. And the easiest way to pass your teammate without hanging them out is to do it on pit road. Yep. So that, that's the game. You know, you want to be the ones that, that set yourself up for that and you want to execute and uh, yeah, but you definitely approach this race different. It's, it's more of an awareness race um, and a down and distance race than it is just all out speed. And this is the last one. I mean, we go through, Dover, Kansas, then the whole month of May of just being a dog. Every, Gotta be a dog. Every week, you know, all-star race, Charlotte, Darlington. It's like it's we're, we're getting in the meat of the sandwich here. So it'll be one week, try to go get a win at a super speedway, and then put your big boy pants on. The summer's coming, and we're going to get after it. We're going to so. get after it with Ryan Truex right after this. All right, guys, we are back with the guy we've been talking about. I've been looking forward to this interview for a couple days now. Him and I's path have been somewhat similar, somewhat different for a long time. But my man is racing for his life and his career. Join us right here in studio, Ryan Truex. Not junior, just Ryan Truex. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. I like your podcasting voice, too, by the way. It's it's nice. You got to flip the switch. Yeah, you're good at it. Appreciate that. Don't blow smoke up my ass. <laughs> Just funny, funny story. I came on here. So your PR guy, Austin, shout out, writes me this eloquently worded thousand page, do- <laughs> thousand page doctrine on why Ryan Truex should come on the show. Doing a great job. I said, buddy, I just responded, buddy, you could have saved a lot of words if you just asked, hey, can Ryan Truex come on the show? <laughs> and the answer is yes. I've raced with you for a long time. I've respected you. 20, yeah, shout out to Austin. He's, 20, he's been great. 2011, so. 2010, uh, K&N, East yeah. Series champ. 9 and 10. 9 and 10. Man, you were the guy. I also got a message about coming on this podcast oh. from Ryan Truex two weeks ago. Well, he also texted me too. He so. said, one day I'll be a guest and just give you for an hour. Yep. That was what he said. Well, here we go. <laughs> here we so are. Here, here you are. So we had. We well, went I'm going to give you week. some softballs so you can give some. <laughs> he was supposed to win deserves. Martinsville. Yeah, I did not. I didn't it, hold up my end of the bargain. It, it didn't okay. play out. It didn't play out. I was pulling for it. Teammates ran good though. So where do you think the 19 missed it this week? I guess driver. I don't know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we uh, yeah, we were good in practice. I felt really good about it. We went out really early in qualifying, and which is a terrible. It's tough, and on top of that, I overdrove it. 
and that's been my theme in my uh, my two qualifying sessions this year is, is trying a little too hard. Would have been better off just backing off a little bit. So that well, part sucked, and it's I mean even even in the Xfinity car, it's tough to pass pass at Martinsville. You know, you get back there and you get into the second third stage, and that's when bumper cars start. And oh yeah, last year I got used up a lot, and I came back this year like all right, I'm going to be more aggressive and. I was and uh, made some mistakes, and it didn't really uh, didn't really turn into a good finish. You talk about overdriving and qualifying just because you don't get a lot of opportunities to settle in, to you know run the car of what you know ninety eight percent sometimes is better than one hundred and two percent, right? But when you don't know when the next deal is going to come, and you're racing week by week for your life, like you are right now, you've got three races left. You got this week, next week is Dover, Dover, home which track. home track. Home track. Rewind 10 years, and you were, what, five laps away? Something like that, yeah. Driving a Gibbs car. Do yep. you think your career trajectory looks different if you win that race? Probably. Um, if you look back at the Xfinity, Xfinity series back then, there wasn't many guys my age. I think it was like me, Trevor, and, and Ricky, really, in, in good equipment. Then you had a lot of cup guys. You know, Carl was racing every week. Brad was racing every week. I think Kurt Busch was in that race. Clint Boyer ran a bunch. You had to beat really good drivers. Joey was in that race. He ended up winning it. You had to beat the best to to run up front in the Xfinity cars. And all the best drivers were in the best equipment. So when you got a shot in one of those cars, you you know you had to prove yourself and you had to get it done. And I was close. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I would have gone out and and beat Joey and all those other guys, I think yeah, I'd probably be in a different spot right now. But. It's a lot easier, you know, to look back in the past. I'm sure you feel the same way. There's, I can remember every single race and what I did wrong and what I could have done better to finish, you know, a few spots better or have a chance at a win. Um, it's just, you know, it's easy to be a, a Monday morning quarterback. It's not often, though, that you get another shot at it a decade later, right? You've been racing a lot, learned a lot of life lessons on and off the racetrack. So what do you apply this time, maybe not just to Dover, but to your overall career for the next couple of weeks to, I guess, what have you learned in that 10 year span? I've learned that it's a lot harder than I thought it was coming up through the ranks. It was all pretty easy. How old were you 10 years? How old are you now? 31. Okay. Yeah. I was, I think I was 20, just turned 20. So I had a lot different, a lot different outlook on life back then. And you had just won the K&N championship, right? Two of them. <clears throat> two of them. Um, for driving for a wall trip? Grand for a wild trip, and then I ran, you know, 2000, end of 2010, I ran a few races for them. Yeah, my first Xfinity race, it was at Gateway with Greachy, Mike Greachy, Ooh. calling the shots up on the box, who was my... Man, that 99 car was so fast. Who was my, uh, my K&N crew chief. We were P1 in practice, went out in qualifying, overdrove it. Seems like I have a tendency There's to do that. There's a trend. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the race, I think I was on par for like a 7th or 8th place finish, which... And your Xfinity debut back then was was a big deal. Yeah. And uh, backed it in the fence by myself. Damn it. Yep. Went to uh, Michigan the week after that, put it on the outside pole behind Brad, sped on pit road. Those are the types of mistakes that you learn from, and that's the kind of thing I've, I've learned from, from then to now is, is how to minimize those mistakes. And like you said, outlook's everything. Back then, pretty much my life was race tra- racing, go to the racetrack. All I cared about was – I'm going to be a cup champion one day. I don't care about all this other stuff, you know, personal life, anything like just, you know, I'm all about racing. And, uh, you know, now I definitely have a different outlook on life and it's definitely make me had to, uh, you know, focus on my personal life and, and being in the right headspace, and you know, having the right people around you and, and having good friends and family and, you know, all that stuff that it takes to have a good life outside of whatever your profession is. Um, those were things I didn't think about 10 years ago that, I do now, and I feel like that's definitely humbled me and grounded me and uh, made me appreciate it a lot more. It's got to be tough, man. Not many people are in the position you are 12 years younger than your brother, Martin. Seeing the success he's had, Bush Series champion, NASCAR Cup Series champion, do you find yourself comparing yourself often or no? I feel like I compare myself to everybody. Like When you're in a position like me and you have been in over the years, bouncing through teams, you know, good rides, bad rides, in between – you know, taking the blame for things that maybe aren't your fault, you know, being kind of the, the guy that, that everybody can point to and say, this is the problem in, in situations where you're probably not, but mm-hmm. it's easy to, yeah. it's easy to take the fall for that. 
and then you look at guys come up and, and win and everything and just have success right away, get in the right spot at the right time. The sport's all about timing. If you're not in the right place at the right time, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, you can put your best foot forward and give it your best effort, but it's just, you know, it might not be that team's time to shine. It might not be your time to shine. It's it's just for some people, everything just seems to work out perfectly. And I've definitely found myself bitter about things over the years and angry and, and why couldn't that have been me? It's really easy to do that. And, you know, especially as you get older and you watch young guys come in, you're like, well, this guy has done this by this age. And here I am four years older. And I still haven't done it. Yeah. yeah. It's really easy to feel, you know, pretty about yourself. But everybody's got, that. yeah, everybody's oh, got a different does. path. So he still does deal with that. I know I'll how it is. I feel the same for way. You, like looking at K&N stuff, because we were like, I was working for a cup team then, but I was around all you guys when you were running K&N. But having his own team going and beating, you know, everybody that's at the top level now. Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Bubba, Daniel yeah, Suarez. Yeah, you were the same. You I know, mean, you were the same way. Yeah. And then, you know, they get in the right spot at the right time and, you know, winning championships, winning races. And it's yeah. like, and it's hard to, it, to even that? now it's hard to talk about it and not seem like we're just bitter about it and complaining. Yeah. But that's the reality of it is, you know, it, that's, that's a hard thing to deal with mentally for sure. And really, really easy to get yourself spun out about and, you know, when you're thinking about things like that, you're not putting your best foot forward on the racetrack. So I've had to really learn probably over the past three or four years how to just let that go. Yeah. And, and you know, appreciate that everybody's on their own path. You know, when, when things are going to work out, they're going to work out. And you can just, I feel like I t have that sliver of hope still in the back of my mind that, you know, one of these days it's going to click. And, you know, once it does, I feel like, then it's just like a snowball going down a hill. What's that hope look like? Like when you say hope, is hope a cup ride? Is it a solid Xfinity ride? You know, I've done the, I've done the the cup stuff a little bit. Were um, you guys ever teammates at BK? We weren't. We were we in different back. years. Where yeah. were you at BK? Did you do Swan too? Just, just BK racing. Just BK. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting time in my life for sure. You and me both, though. <laughs> <laughs> buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. But you gotta you gotta have some sort of light at the end of the tunnel of why you keep showing up, right? Why you keep leveraging relationships and finding your way back to try to get something good to hopefully get a not a better shot, but a more stable opportunity yeah, to learn. No, I mean even coming back to JGR this year part time with Jason Ratcliffe and the same team, same engineer, same guys, just having these two years in a row has been huge for me. And that's something that I've definitely lacked over the years is just consistency, even in being in the same organization and having the same people around me, even though it's, you know, five or six races a year, it's still a huge deal. And, um, yeah, just stability would be, would definitely be nice. Um, but obviously I want to win races. I know, I believe I can, you know, I think you have to show up at the track and know that you're good enough. And if you don't, then you're kind of behind the eight ball before you even show up. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously Cup's the goal for all of us to be, a, you know, driving for a, a Joe Gibbs Racing or, or a Hendrick or a Penske. Um, that's the dream, I think, that we all have. But, yeah, I mean, just, you know, being in the at the national level and winning races and being competitive and being there, you know, every week is, is definitely a, a light at the end of the tunnel for me. Now, you mentioned Martin, you know, being so much younger than Martin, you didn't start racing. I was 14. You were 14, yeah, on the Legend Car Track at Wall Stadium on the flat track. <laughs> on the flat track, yeah. The flat fifth, car fifth or, the mile or whatever it 56, was. 56, I remember Not when you... Fifth, no, it was like a... Was it Kevin? Like Kevin, Kevin Kramer. You, yep. Kevin Kramer, he brought you down here. You guys ran the road course yep. some. So I he remember. worked on my dad's Modifieds, yep. my dad's Bush North team. Mm. He worked on my brother's Modifieds. And Ronnie Buck would help you and out. And Ronnie, yep. They're they Wall both, they, Wall Stadium guys, they went through, you know, the Bush North ranks with my dad and my brother when my dad owned his own team. And then, yeah, when I came down here, to run late models and Martin owned a late model and we kept it at uh DEI's Bush East shop in the corner somewhere. I lived um with my cousin Curtis in one of Dale's apartments. You were young then too, right? I was 16, 16, yeah. So, so I just you go went back from and fourteen to like being down here in a matter of two years pretty quickly. Yep. And that wasn't you didn't run go karts or I didn't race growing I didn't, up. I didn't really have an interest in it until my brother's, it was his motorhome driver in 2000. Tuna? Is that what they called uh, him? No, oh. uh, Ray Irwin. Okay. 2005. 
I I went to the uh, track somewhere, and after that was Indy. So we rode in the motorhome. I stayed and rode with him to Indy, and he's like, "We're gonna stop at the go kart track, and I want to I want to see you drive one and see if you're any good." I was like, "All right," <laughs> like real go karts, like yeah. helmet and all. I was I guess I was fast right off the bat, and he's like, "You should probably look into this." Then what'd you do? Like ask dad, "Hey." Yeah, I was. I bothered him for I think that was 2005. So. Yeah, 2007 I started racing. So two years, I bothered him, and my parents had no interest in going then, through the racing thing again I after mean, so, just and, getting rid of my brother. And then two years after that, you were down south all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how much did, like, because your brother's a pretty quiet guy, like you are. How much was he, like, involved in your racing when you started and then throughout your career until today? Like, is he more involved now, or was he ever really involved? I'd say he's probably... He's more involved now because he can help me more now. He didn't race legend cars. He didn't race late models. Yeah. He was definitely helpful in the canine mo- days. Turkey Derby champion? Modifies and late models. But, are- Bush, Nor- <laughs> but Bush North was a totally different deal then. I mean, Bush North was yeah. like a, I mean, your dad came from it, right? Yeah. It was a real deal Bush racing. It was, yeah. I remember, I mean, it's a slight memories, but I remember going to the track and it was, yeah, it was, it was really cool back in the day. Yeah. And if you go back and watch yep, the old 56. What's it? Sea watch. Sea watch. Yep. Sea watch 56. And then, like, dude, look, obviously your career is. I do like that me and you are matching, too. We are. They we're, planned we're, it. we're flanking Corey yeah. here. We planned it, yeah. So you're from New Jersey. I'm trying to think of some sort but of you're sandwich. But you're not. You're not really from. <laughs> Ice cream sandwich. Yes. You're from, like. I'm from. 609. I'm you're from like, South Jersey. The good it part. It might as well be Kentucky. We got the, the beach right it's there. We're also in the woods. Basically out Three hours we can go to the Poconos, go snowboarding. So yeah, growing up there, that's the, I, I've always wondered that because you and your brother are like two of the guys that you could take an eight-hour car ride with and then never ask each other when you need to go to the bathroom or anything. So like <laughs> I, that's what I didn't know like how, how much advice he gives you, and then when he does, he's pretty dry. Yeah, like he'll walk up and be like, "You suck," you know, or like uh, you did good. He'll definitely tell me when I suck. That's yeah, for sure. Is there is there a time you've been so pissed off at him for like giving you some just straight critical no, feedback? No, he's just, but he is very very honest but like it's a gift he, and a curse to have a family and race like that and like him right my dad's the same my dad's always been that way too and it's good because you know i know when i mess up it's helped me definitely take ownership of of you know when i came in here and told you qualifying at martinsville i messed up yeah what was the 19 lacking probably the driver a little bit um you'll have that yeah you'll sometimes. have that and i get that you know probably from everybody <laughs> yeah uh we, we were talking a little bit before we jumped on the headsets about this was a great idea you had and i actually might go to racing electronics and patent it um i was talking about how oh, i was the true x button yes the rt rtj button when you when there's like a caution like an ill-timed caution in a green flag sequence or you're racing somebody and he's on your door chopping you tight or whatever and you just want to let out some cuss words it's not the same if you just say it because nobody else hears it. Yep. It's just different when you press the button. But yep. then people think that you're a psychopath whenever you lose <laughs> your mind on the radio. We need like a separate button that you said to go to some random person in a motorhome or something. Yep. That way he just hears it. Closed channel. Just records it. So yeah. you can listen to it afterwards. It just goes yeah. to like one of those little recorders with a tape on be, it. It's got to yeah. be like encrypted. So nobody, you have yeah. to have a password Only to you. listen to it. Yeah. Like you and like you and your therapist can talk through some <laughs> shit. You, gotta, yeah, you, you record it. Then at the end of the year, they have, every driver has their own album. And yeah, you can buy you it and listen to this. It's not a bad Oh idea. my goodness. <laughs> but I've done it. And then after the race, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that. But in the, when in you the, in it the up, heat of the moment, yeah. Yeah. it's, you know, it's, People it's no different than going on iRacing. And somebody wrecks you, or you get into it with somebody. First thing someone does is key up and say whatever they say. It's like I mean, you see, like road rage is a serious problem, and like anywhere, right? There's just something about when you're driving a car that like pisses you off way more than anything else. And then it's just exaggerated. It's tenfold when you do it for a living, and something bad goes your way. Like, and you're in there all by yourself. Nobody's with you. Nobody really sees what's going on. Yeah, they don't. They don't know. He all he says that a lot. It's a lonely place. It's, it's and lonely. you feel like every eyeball in the place is watching you when yep. they're not. So like when I'm <laughs> when I'm there, you know, like I'm. Well, I think everyone's eyeballs are on me at Martinsville when when Sam Mayer flipped me off. Did he flip no, you? I didn't I, see that. See, I was watching. See, this is the thing, right? This is what I tell myself when I'm in the car, thinking like everybody's watching. That when I'm like losing time or I'm going backwards, you know, this weekend we're 16. 17th, 18th, 19th, and then Cobblish, and I started smashing you each other. You and Kyle were. Yeah, I'll get into that bumper. later in the show. <laughs> 
two guys pissed off because they're trying to race to the back. That's did what you, we so did you key up at all and say? No, no. I oh, didn't no. key up. Do you think he did? I don't know. Oh, I haven't dude, heard I radio I think active. of when you're talking about Sam Mayer flipping me off as him and Jimmy Johnson. Quit flipping me off, you little <laughs> I wreck your Remember that? Remember Kyle Busch just let Jimmy Johnson? Really That's a perfect example. Dude, yeah. He, he was he, who was he even talking to? Yeah. Just, just, he was just letting it out. People on Reddit. But he, That's who he's selling to. He really needed somebody to hear it. And unfortunately, the whole world hurt. Right. This is a hell of a clip, though. He, uh, I appreciate Golly, a good a radioactive clip. Clip. But, like, yes, he doesn't have to say that. Now, I say stuff like that, but I just don't press the button. Yeah. we need a, That's what we need an RTJ <laughs> button for. Anymore. He doesn't press the button anymore. Yeah, He's oh, yeah, learned. I used to say yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, a, that's good. You're growing. I am. I'm maturing. You're maturing. They call racing electronics, and you better call them when you get to your truck. <laughs> it's going to be a race. Not, yeah. Hey, uh, let me get hey. some buttons. I, I don't know that I cheer for anybody hard. Like, I won't – a lot of times I won't watch Xfinity race, Xfinity races, but because it's a Saturday, and I just am busy with the kids. But when you're in it, like, I make a point. Like, oh, let's go pull for RTJ. I'll get out my Ryan Tricks junior you're not a junior do you get that a lot is that the most you know i get that a lot. is that the most how like how much does that bug you it really doesn't honestly but are you just saying that no i can tell just... it bugs you <laughs> let it out man this is okay just... this is a, you can just put it on us we're here for you press the button press <laughs> damn i wish this was on tv i know that was uh, good. but but yeah no like i <laughs> We make it a point. I don't think there's anybody that cheers free harder than we do. Really, Maybe truly, Greg. man. I feel like it, like the people who have known like the ups and downs, the ins and outs. You've been so close. You've been out of it. Like you, I've been you, all around. You, been you, around co- you go into hibernation for like a year and a half. You come out with a mane flowing like you are. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, the transformation, other, the other curse, transformation, the other curse like a butterfly. Name, right. The other, the, and that's what I was getting into before. The gift and the curse. Same, same thing. It's like because of who your brother is, or. You know, the, the older guys know who your dad was. You know, your dad had a good race career, too. And because of who his dad is, people just automatically think you get rides. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah, Martin's little brother. So you don't even get the benefit I, of the doubt on anything. I wish I could just call a team owner and be like, hey, man, yeah. you know my last name, right? And they're just like, you're hired. Yeah, and people, but <laughs> people think tough. that's how it is. Like, people think that's how it is. Or like, well, yeah, he's Martin's brother. Martin's probably buying him that ride. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. even remotely close to how it is. And if your career ended tomorrow, you've had a really successful career as far as east stuff and and what you've been able to do but yeah it's just that chasing it and always wanting more and it's so interesting to hear you say like it just didn't like it hasn't timed out for you yet where i mean you look at joe logano right it wasn't going to time out for him yeah and one driver makes a mistake at penske and the door opens for him if not he's on the same path that you two are on yeah you know if, if it's not one one phone call it's gotta be the right scenario so yeah, yeah and it's Nobody but you remembers when you finished second, and nobody but you remembers all the races you could have won. Thousand percent. And you know, all you can do is go back and look at stats, which can be not so great sometimes. Depressing. Depressing. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I can think. I can remember every single race I've ran, and like I told you earlier, what I've, you know, how close I've been, or what what needed to be different. You know, this caution came out. Well, nobody saw that. Nobody saw us running third, yeah. about to take the lead. If it stayed green, they just saw oh, we finished fifteenth. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of that, and uh, yeah. I hope you win Dover. I'm gonna bring Harper up there on the Xfinity plane. So if you win, we're gonna come pick, take picture and pick your lane. Man, okay. that would be cool. That would be awesome. We wish you luck. Where you and I hope you win Talladega too, yeah, and Darlington. All of them. I'll just win. Yeah, all three. Just all three. Why not? You can. Three more races than 19 for Ryan Truex. We wish you luck. But before you go, we've got three questions we ask every guest in here and you're no exception okay number one if you had to pick one car and one track to race at the rest of your life what do you one car is in like a series or like yeah, just one type Any of race car, car you want and one track yeah it could be a Renault Toyota Tundra if you one car one racetrack the rest of your life yeah huh man that's a tough one um that's why I asked it probably uh let's say like a let's say like uh Senna's F1 car from, mm. I don't know, his last championship. Okay. Marlboro car. The Marlboro car at, uh, let's say, uh, the Nürburgring. Big track. Full track. I mean, so I'll that's be, a first. You tell his friends with Sam Hunt. It'll take me probably, Big F1 guy. you know, four hours to make a lap. <laughs> so I'll, I'll spend a lot of time perfecting the track. Well, it's like when you get on iRacing and you just, it takes you like an hour to make a lap and something. And then he you, did, have you, done, he did have you done it there? 
No. It, dude, it's impossible. It is impossible. You, you did it. He came over my Chicago house. Street Chicago Street Course. Chicago Street Course. That, that one's tough, too. Thing, and I he's raced like, it for an hour and a half. It didn't make a lap. <laughs> he's like, I'm Every so time done with this. Up straight in the I, Dude, I had the first three corners down pat because I ran them 400 times. I never made the last three corners of the track. Question number two. What's the most embarrassed you've been at the racetrack? Embarrassed at the racetrack? Um, in uh, 2012, I guess it was, was it Trackside? they still have it then like trackside track live, live yeah. yeah i had to do a wing eating contest with uh i think it was rutledge live on he tv he looks like a man that went eat some wings i almost threw up <laughs> on tv hot wings are just like normal wings uh they were they were kind of hot but they were definitely like six or seven hours old they were oh. cold and they were just outside gross and uh yeah it was just really embarrassing because i almost threw up on tv like i definitely gagged how many did you, did you win Oh, no. So you lost. What do you think? I, don't, I mean, if you're committed enough to where you're going to puke, no, I, I hope you at least give him a run for his money. <laughs> no. No, like I was just, I don't know if it was the nerves or what, but it was really embarrassing. Oh, probably E. coli. I don't know. It probably <laughs> it was, be, yeah. It could be. <laughs> I think it was the week e. after Dover, too. Oh, Probably be yeah, a lot no. of things. Question number three. If you had to okay. lose or forget all your racing memories except one, what do you keep? Honestly, it's not even my memory or my racing memory, but probably when Martin won the championship. That was being able to go, first of all, standing on pit road behind the box, watching the last 10 laps, watching Kyle reel him in. I was like, after this year and everything, he's going to lose it to Kyle on the last lap. And uh, he won it. And then we all ran out onto pit wall. You know, he drove by and we all got high fives. Then he did donuts and then we all ran out there. It was just a cloud of smoke. That was probably the coolest for sure. That's one that, you know, if I could cancel all of them, that's one I would definitely keep. That's pretty cool, man, to be able to share that with family. Yeah. The whole family was there. Cousins, uncles, aunts, my sister, her kids. Like it was, it was a big deal. Well, hopefully all that family can celebrate a dub for you, my friend. Thank you for joining us right here in the studio. Thank you guys. Good luck this weekend. Good luck this weekend. Glad I could finally get the call. Flying the Jersey flag high. That's right making us proud even though you're from south jersey <laughs> the good part that's it enough in new jersey let's move on with the show and that was ryan truex y'all look out for him in that 19 car on xfinity races for the next three weeks racing for his life we got some great penny for your thoughts question we already touched one in pit road boats and woes but janie we got a couple more what do we got our first question today comes from Joe DeBoard, and he wants to know, NASCAR rolled out fan rewards this year. Which experience would you choose if you were eligible? Pre-race garage tour, pace car ride, photo with winner in victory lane, waving the green flag at qualifying, and bonus question, at which track? So I saw this on Twitter, and I actually thought a lot about it um, because I think it's up to you. If I were to rank all of those, I would say wave the green flag at qualifying would probably be at the bottom of the list. The next one up would be photo with the winner in victory lane because you don't like if you're a Chase Elliott fan, you don't you can't guarantee Chase Elliott's going to win, right? So if you have to commit to that before the race, I'm not sure I would commit with the photo with the winner. Pre-race garage tour, that would be the next one. I think pace car ride because not many people get an opportunity to drive around a NASCAR track, whether you're a Pocono, like every track has their unique tendencies and the banking is what everybody gets in there. And like, holy cow, I can't believe tracks bank this much from just looking at it. Right. So I would put a pace car ride at the top of the list. That way you can take a video and you can show all your buddies that you were at Charlotte or wherever else. And I think that'd be a really cool experience. And they kind of throttle those things up and get after it. Where are you going to do it? Yep. What track would I go to? I don't know. I mean, Bristol probably. Darlington. Darlington is because so both corners are so unique. You know what track I've always wanted to get a pace car ride at because they do them there? Sonoma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool to because it's, the elevation changes there are insane. Like, they really are insane. Sonoma's they like. sit you down in the seat up the it. hill. Sonoma's a freaking badass road that, course. And, and it's a badass place to go. Like, Sonoma's probably yeah. one of the best places I'll ball. It the, is the really season. cool. I would put photo with the winner but behind a uh, pace car ride and then a garage tour and then wave the green flag qualifying. 
You you would wave the green flag qualifying first? No, I pace car ride, photo with winner, garage tour, wave the green flag. Yep, in that if order. If you get a garage tour, come say hi. Who was the guy that, that from was it Tim Cook from Apple that w- waved the green flag at the F1 race like a freaking <laughs> Oh, he just went up and down with it? Just ex- literally <laughs> like you would expect some guy that is a CEO of Apple uh, to wave the green flag. So don't do that if you choose to wave the green flag at qualifying. Cause I'm going to look up and be like, yo, what are you freaking doing? Wave it like a freaking true american next question our next question comes from ryan kenyon he wants to know each driver has to drive their holler to talladega who gets there first who gets their last and who doesn't make it See, this at is a, all this is a great question this is the type of penny for your thoughts questions that i want to answer i don't know if any of us have maybe there might be a couple guys that are cdls but most of us don't have cdls so it might just be like a full-on cannonball run type event uh, i feel pretty good about driving my hauler down there got a lot of experience driving the bus driving dualies and trailers all around but i think about that often i got a, actually a great so i'll answer the question first then i got a shout out for another guy not the penny stack of the week but another guy gets a honorable mention i wonder how many guys have ever driven their motorhomes probably more than you think but i, I don't know like seven i don't know like eight ever has i mean i, or, I, know, I know joey know Kyle has a, i don't know joe but joey's like one of those guys that like but he drives big stuff. He'll just he can drive something it. and drive. He can drive his truck. He yeah, he would drive. I freaking drive that thing. So I think Joey, he just drives anything fast. So he would he'd be tough he'd to be beat. Just fine. We'd be banging trailers down, down eighty five. Get on. I think Larson would be good. There's nothing. He drives his boss. He drives his bus around quite a bit. Yeah, he drives his whether it be his bus to dirt race or whatever. So yeah, a certain couple guys probably have some big rig experience. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see a little police escort down there with a couple of drivers wheeling their big rigs down there. How many gears do you have in, in the RV and the bus? They're automatic. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of 18 wheelers. The trucks wheelers. are automatic. Trucks are automatic. Are they? Are they? Too. Damn. Yeah. I was really hoping like you'd be rolling through so all like Joey all can drive 13, those. 18 gears yeah. of a. Yeah. Joey's yeah. old man. Now, Joey's old man owned, you know, he's, he's had a trucking company, landfill yeah. company. So Joey grew up doing like the double shifters. Yeah. Moving yeah. like up one, up the H pattern, yeah. He That's what I'd want to see if you guys were racing down there. Not that automatic yeah, he, stuff. He's done all that stuff. I'm gonna one up Ryan here. Who could park theirs? <laughs> the haulers? Yeah, driving there is one thing, but who yeah. could park it at That's Bristol? A thousand percent <laughs> at Bristol. Oh, I don't know, dude. Bristol's dude, I would be <laughs> coming like over oh the bank, God. and the, yeah. the left side tires are like beep beep beep. No, thank you. Watching them leave after the dirt race last year, like the amount of like run up that they have to get yeah. and like you hold them back. It's yeah, oh, yeah man. hopefully the car's That's scary. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. So who doesn't get there at all? Who, who's your who, like throw some shade here? <sighs> Let's throw some names. Well, I think like uh, like a Harrison Burton. I don't even know if he had like enough to turn Gillen, it on. Like they're young. Yeah. They did, like Harris Burton that's a lot of short track racing fruit. though. Yeah, okay, that's low hanging. Come on, that's fair playoff guys. We're talking. I feel like Kevin Harvin. I feel like just like the older guys, you know, could like figure out push push the air brake and get the thing down the road. Who couldn't do it? Could Blaney do it? He'd get there oh. second. You think so? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Zinger! Oh, yes. Jeez. You're Sorry. friends with his he, sister. He wasn't even expecting it either. Oh my god! Nice. Oh, oh that was great. Uh, Chase. I don't know if Chase could do well, it, but he flies. Legs, so he's not going to yeah, get there. Yeah. Good point. He got broke leg. Can't he got broke it. leg. Can't yep. do it. Chase is going to get there last. Yeah, he's going to get there last. Um. So there you go. Um. But. Back to the the driving the motorhome piece. So I got there on Thursday, like that late Friday. I left. No, I left Saturday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning, yeah. Because yeah, practice wasn't until four. So we get all loaded up, lose the keys, find the keys, pull up there, and there was a guy hanging out with his buddies, wearing a seven hat, the one with the blue rope across the front. And I pull. He like makes eye contact with me as I pull in, and I look at him. I do one of these, and he's like, "Yeah, Corey, let's go." Pull on into the deal lot. <laughs> Back it up, jacks up, slides out. Everybody's having a good time. See him walk out as I'm walking in to practice. Same spot, looking at me, eyes me up. Hey, Corey, let's go. Cool. That son of a bitch. If I didn't know better, he stayed in the same spot. I'm pulling out of the deal <laughs> lot after the race. Got the motorhome going, and I was like, he ain't moved <laughs> yeah. the entire weekend. So shout out to the guy wearing the hat outside the DO lot. Didn't move, didn't take a step the entire weekend. Uh, also, 
The actual penny sack of the week was Ryan from Maryland. Um, he got a po- he got a hero card, asked me to sign it, and then this freaking guy rolls up. He asked him to sign it. I said, "Cool, man. That thing was worth like five bucks. Now it's worth nothing because you got his John." Hancock said that to the guy. It's worth a penny. He was from Frederick, Maryland. That's where Jesse Mills tire care on the two car. My tire care for a long time. Shout out, he's dog. We talked to them for a little while. That was cool. I was going over to get food, and then I got verbally abused by my friend. That was great. Just what I wanted to do on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, congratulations, oh, Ryan. I got a shout-out. I was walking in the track, and some this is how I know I'm doing my job. Some guy said, hey, Flores, you see that <laughs> Kansas pulled here? And I said, <laughs> it was bad, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah, it was. And I was just like, my guys were walking with me. They were like, what do you say on that podcast? <laughs> but... Hey, if you know, you know that guy. He knows. If you know, you know. And you guys know because you guys listen each and every week. So if you do, make sure you continue to like, download, share, rate, review, because we're going to Talladega, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox with a Geico 500. Tune in to Spare Change. We're going to riff a little bit before the race. But other than that, man, I'll see you all Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. This is Stacking Pennies.